This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 87. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast. As you're probably aware, the markets have been pretty turbulent lately, to say the least. Now, when it comes to the stock portion of our portfolio, this is very much something that we're used to. With stocks, we get that higher expected return over the long term, but we have to deal with some pretty big drops in the market from time to time and not panic sell when that happens. What's been very interesting lately, however, is that the bond portion of your portfolio has also had some very significant drops, ones that we aren't typically used to seeing as bonds are supposed to be part of the safe and less volatile portion of our portfolio. This in turn makes many Canadians, myself included, wonder what other options are out there when it comes to the safe and stable portion of our portfolio. Now, on this show, we've talked about GICs before. We've talked about high-interest savings accounts. But one option that we haven't talked about yet is one that actually gives you guaranteed income for life, no matter what the markets are doing. And those are called annuities. So I thought it would be good for you and I to get some annuities 101 knowledge under our belt so that we can better understand what's out there, what are the pros and cons of annuities, so that we can better determine if they are something that we should look into further based on each of our particular situations. Now, to learn more about this, I thought it would be good to get our information from two different sources. The first would be fee-for-service financial planners who don't actually create or sell annuities, but are responsible for potentially using annuities as part of a total financial plan. So I'm definitely going to be asking financial planners that I interview in the future about annuities, just so that we can get a holistic view and multiple perspectives on the subject. Now, the other source of information that I thought would be good to interview is an actual creator of annuities. This way, we're getting the information right from the source about how they actually work, their intent, the pros and cons, and how they can potentially fit as part of a financial plan. So to help me with this, I have Celine Sue on the show. She's the director of product strategy and development in the area of wealth management over at RBC. And she has been there for over 17 years and has been in the industry itself for over two decades. So she definitely has a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to annuities. So I thought pick her brain so that we can get a solid foundation on annuities. And one question that I've been extremely curious to ask someone like her that's actually in the industry is for those of us who don't have a defined benefit pension through our work, for example, those of us that are not government workers, you know, we're not teachers, we're not police officers, is there a way that we can get the type of guaranteed income for life in retirement that the government workers get by using annuities? So we definitely get into that question, plus a lot more. So thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the learning. And now let's get into the interview. All right, Celine, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Cornell. Great to be here. It's great for you to be on. Many Canadians are feeling pretty concerned about their purchasing power and expenses these days. We're definitely not used to seeing inflation be this high. And then on top of that, we're still at relatively low interest rates and the rates have also gone up. So those of us who invest in bonds have really seen some pretty significant declines that we're definitely not used to. So with these concerns, I know many Canadians are curious about what kinds of options exist out there in Canada 
when it comes to the safe portion of our investment portfolio. And then, so this takes us into the realm of annuities, which is definitely one of the options. But before we get into that, I was told that you and your team have recently completed a survey of Canadians around this subject. So can you maybe share that with us first? Yeah, thanks, Cornell. We recently conducted a poll with Ipsos Reid and surveyed Canadians between the ages of 55 and 75. And the key themes that really came out from the survey, and you know, the survey revealed that the rise in inflation, which you mentioned, is really creating a great deal of concern for Canadians. Uh, I think we're all feeling the pinch at the grocery stores. I filled up gas this morning and I only got to three quarters of a tank because I don't want to spend more than $100 <laughs> at a, any given time. So, you know, we are definitely all feeling the pinch at the registers. But more specifically, what the survey also revealed was that 78% of those Canadians surveyed are worried about the impact of inflation and what that will have on their retirement savings. For those that are close to retirement, 30% of them are considering changing their date of retirement. We don't know if that's, you know, moving it forward or moving it, moving it out. But if inflation continues how it is, there may be many Canadians that are going to postpone their retirement because they just, you know, they need that additional income, which is concerning because, you know, we want to enjoy our retirement to the fullest. And then, you know, for those that are already in retirement, 40% or 47% of them are concerned that they don't have a guaranteed source of income. And they're worried that they're going to run out of money in retirement. So really, you know, very, very valid concerns. We refer to these kind of as the financial risks in retirement. But it's not, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There are solutions that can help. So just wanted to also thank you for having me on your podcast today to discuss some of the strategies and some of the options that Canadian investors have to mitigate, again, some of these risks and concerns. So you did mention annuities earlier on, and definitely paid annuities are one product option that can play an important part in a retirement portfolio and can really alleviate some of the concerns that were identified in the survey. That's great. Yeah, I've always been somewhat jealous of people with the really, you know, the golden pensions, the defined benefit pensions, <laughs> yeah. because I've never had one. And so I, when I heard that, oh, maybe there's a way that we, you know, us normal people can, <laughs> can get it, that that's something that has, has definitely piqued my interest for sure. And I'm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, most people don't have one of those golden, you know, defined benefit pensions. And so it's nice to know, you know, are there other options? Can we get something similar? But maybe before I get ahead of myself to start things off, for anybody not familiar, can you explain what, an annuity actually is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So a paid annuity and specifically a life annuity provides you with a guaranteed income for life in retirement. So when you purchase a life annuity, you don't have to worry about outliving your money. Your your, Your income or the money that you receive from the annuity is guaranteed for as long as you live, even if that initial investment depletes to zero. What it also does is that it provides income security since Annuities are protected from the swings of the market. So you don't have to worry about market volatility, interest rates going up or down. There's really no, there's no chance for market fluctuations to erode the value of your capital. And then I guess just going back to the survey, it did reveal that 50% of Canadians lack that guaranteed source of income and 40% are concerned about outliving their hard earned savings. And so for these Canadians, Annuities are a solution that they may want to consider as part of a well-diversified retirement plan. And they can be a powerful tool because I sound like a broken record, but they provide that guaranteed income for life, which is really important to have as part of your plan. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of us who, let's say, they don't work for the government and don't have 
a solid defined benefit pension. In other words, we don't have that guaranteed income for life in retirement through our employer. I've often heard that an annuity is a tool where us, you know, non-golden pension Canadians can actually have access to the same thing. Would you say this is true? And are there any key differences that we should be aware of? Yeah. And this is often how annuities are purchased. That's a great point to, to bring up there. So, you know, you mentioned if you work or if you worked for a company that provided employees with a defined benefit pension plan, that plan um, and your employer ensures that the employee has a guaranteed income for life when they retire. But if you're self-employed or if your company doesn't offer a defined benefit pension plan, which is, you know, most companies don't offer them anymore. They offer what's called a defined contribution plan, which puts more onus on the investor to, you know, handle their investments at retirement. But payout annuities can effectively work the same as a defined benefit pension plan uh, because they provide that that guaranteed income for life. And I'll just give you a quick example, just kind of from my personal experience. Um, so my dad, he's 75, he's retired. He was self-employed, a partner of a small graphics company for over 35 years. And his company did not provide, because you know they were small, they didn't provide their employees with a pension plan. So, you know, in speaking with his insurance advisor and with his, his financial advisor, as part of his whole retirement portfolio, he needed a portion of that to have a guaranteed income for life. And that's where a paid annuity could fulfill that need. My brother, on the other hand, he's a firefighter, obviously works for the government. So he'll have a set, he'll have a set pension plan for life when he retires. And he could probably retire early as well. But, you know, at the same time, he still does need to save for retirement or for a rainy day. But he may not be too concerned about that guaranteed income portion of his retirement portfolio. So as you can see, you know, a payout annuity can be an ideal solution if you don't have a regular income from a company pension plan. For sure. Yeah. So it seems like people fall into, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe three different sort of categories. One is they just don't have any sort of pension period. So this would be if you're self-employed, if you work maybe for a smaller size business, mm-hmm. and it's, I guess it's not economical, I assume, for that employer to offer that to their employees a lot of the time. And then there's probably where a lot of people fit in, which is sort of that middle ground where they have a pension, but it's a defined contribution pension. And so it's not guaranteed income for life. So there's some sort of employer match usually through the RRSP. And so that's great that they offer that and people should definitely take advantage of that because it's free money. But essentially when your employer you know, is matching your RRSP contribution up to a certain amount, but you are still riding the markets in that scenario. And so it's not like no matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. And then there's that third category, which is like what you were in your example, where you're a firefighter, police officer, a teacher, and then you've got that defined, uh, you know, benefit pension where it it really is guaranteed for life. And so even if the mark, you know, we have another 2008 scenario, you're actually going to still be getting the same amount. It, it's not going to concern you. Uh, would, would you say that's a fair way to look at it in terms of where Canadians, you know, the different buckets a Canadian might fit into? Yeah, I would I would say that that's a very good way to look at it when you look at kind of where Canadians are and what they hold as mm. part of their portfolios. So it sounds like with annuities, really the the first two sort of categories would be potentially very relevant because if you've got the defined, you know, benefit pension, you're kind of already covered probably unless you really want even more. But but I would probably say for most people if you either don't have a defined contribution at all, or even if you do have one, an annuity, I would argue, should still be on your radar because maybe you do want that guaranteed income for at least a portion of your annual expenses in retirement. Would, would you agree with that or not really? 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, an annuity can can supplement an income. So just say if, you know, for example, for I have a defined benefit plan through my company and it may not be enough, right? Depending on what my expenses are in retirement, I may not be getting that guaranteed income from my employer that I need. So I may want to purchase an annuity, an individual annuity separately so that I can increase my guaranteed income in retirement to make sure that, you know, I could also enjoy traveling and entertainment and hobbies and things like that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. I'm really glad mm-hmm. you brought that up because yeah, one concern that I have just for Canadians in general is I worry that some people here, you know, they go to work, they're told by their HR department that they have a pension. And so they think, oh, okay. I mean, this isn't most people, but I'm afraid that there are some people out there where they hear that. And so they just kind of do the check mark where, okay, mm. I've got a pension, I'm set, I don't need to worry really about retirement because I've got a pension at work, you know, and I'm done and I get to move on with my life. And, and just yeah, life. yeah. And it's like, well, hold on, hold on. Well, what kind of a pension is it? Is it a defined benefit? Is it a defined contribution? And to your point, even if it is, you know, assuming you're, you know, you're one of the lucky few that has that defined benefit, okay, but what if it's actually not enough for the lifestyle you want to live in retirement? You know, maybe you weren't working for the government for 30 years. Maybe you've just been working for a bit. You know, there's, there's all these different variables, right? When it comes exactly. to financial planning. So I, I did want to, this may be obvious to some listeners who are, you know, maybe intermediate or advanced, but for someone just starting off, I do think it's a point worth mentioning because I would hate for someone to get into some really hot water where they think they're covered and they just sort of ignore this whole subject altogether. And then one day they find out I actually don't have enough because they had a defined contribution and a plan, let's say, and then the market's tanked and then now they're actually in trouble and they don't know what to do. So thank you for bringing that up as an example. Yeah. What factors impact how much guaranteed income we can receive from an annuity? Yeah, there's actually many of them. Of course, prevailing interest rates will impact the amount, but it's not the only factor. I think there's some misconceptions that, you know, why would I want to buy an annuity when interest rates are low? But because interest rates only make up a small factor of the income, it shouldn't be your only deciding factor of when you're going to purchase an annuity. There's other factors such as your age and your life expectancy, your gender, the type of annuity you buy, your deposit amount, of course, and then some additional features that you may want to add onto your annuity will all have an impact on your income. But you know, at a high level, the two things that I can say is that the older you are, so comparing, say, a 55-year-old to a 71-year-old, the older you are, the higher your income will be and that you'll get from the, the paid annuity. And that's just because it doesn't have to last as long. So the assumption is that based on your life expectancy, um, you'll get a higher income from that annuity. Women will receive a lower income than their male counterparts because women have a longer life expectancy. So the assumption is that the annuity will pay out for a longer period of time. So just, you know, when looking at your income, those are kind of some of the factors that you'll want to take into consideration or that the insurance company takes into consideration when calculating that income for life. That makes sense because, yeah, there's this amount that they are basically guaranteeing that they're going to distribute and it's their job to grow it and they're taking on that risk. And so the longer that time frame is, the longer they have to make that last and the bigger the responsibility is that they you know keep it going and that the investments are growing. And exactly. so hence the amount that you're getting is lower. So, so it's good that you get to live longer, but you do get a smaller. And if you live to, you know, 110, right. the insurance company will continue paying you for as long as you live. So mm-hmm. that's a really the key benefit of, and again, goes back to that whole guaranteed income for life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not just a marketing ploy. Yeah. And that's why I was finding the subject of annuity so 
interesting because there's all these unknown variables, right? And the big one is, well, how long are we going to live? And no matter how good your financial planner is, no one can actually say for certainty, right? You may just end up living over a hundred, right? And then what if mm-hmm. now you're in a tough spot? And so what if you had sort of at least your base essentials covered by an annuity, right? So it's, it's something worth, I think, at least exploring and looking into and at least having on your radar a little bit. Exactly. I think that also if your grandparents live to, you know, 90, 100, and you have that longevity in your family, you may also want to consider it because you yourself, because now, I mean, people are living longer, people are living healthier lifestyles. So we'll likely live longer. And so if, but if you do have that longevity in your family, it's again, something that you may want to look into because you likely will live long as well. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the answer to this next question varies depending on where interest rates are and, and other factors like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But just to give us a bit of a ballpark with the way things are now, what is a range of income that we can expect to receive guaranteed for, let's say, every $100,000 that we put into an annuity? Yeah. So I just took a 71-year-old male and a 71-year-old female just to show the comparison of the monthly income differences. But if you purchase an annuity for $100,000, a 70-year-old male could expect to receive approximately $650 per month for the rest of his life. And then a 71-year-old female purchasing that same annuity would receive approximately $590 per month for the rest of her life. So, you know, that 100000 does go quite a long way, especially when you look at the life expectancy of a male and a female. Okay, that's great. That's really helpful, yeah, because I figure, okay, if you know what the amount is roughly for every 100,000, then we can say, okay, what if I put half a million in? What if I put 300,000? And then you can sort of, that can help you a little bit. Hey there, just want to give you a quick announcement that I'll be hosting the Canadian Financial Summit again this year, and I have free tickets for you. So the conference is 100% online, so no travel required. It's specifically for Canadians. It's taking place in the fall, and my co-host and I are bringing on some of Canada's top personal finance experts to share their best practices to help you retire early, invest better, lower your fees, pay less on taxes, and help you learn the best practices when it comes to personal finance and investing so that you can hit your financial independence number years earlier. Now, collectively, past guests of the summit have been in hundreds of media articles from major news and financial publications in Canada, such as the Globe and Mail, Financial Post, Global News, CTV, Yahoo Finance, and many, many more. So I'm giving away free tickets to the entire event. So to get them, when I release them, just sign up anywhere for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca. And that way, I have your email to send them to you when they're ready. And also, as a bonus, when you sign up, I'll send you my PDF guide, on the top personal finance and investing tools that I use specifically for Canadians. It's all free and all you have to do is sign up anywhere over at buildwealthcanada.ca so I know where to send you the tickets. All right, I look forward to seeing you there. And now back to the show. Now, from what you said, because there's so many different factors that go into it, like you just gave us a ballpark there. If somebody wants a more exact sort of number based on their particular situation, maybe this is a good time. I mean, tell us about what you do, your team, your company, you know, if, if they wanted to get a more accurate number, what's the best way for someone to, I guess, get a quote or however you'd like to call it? Yeah, yeah. So if anybody does want to learn more about annuities or wants just to know kind of what is my income going to be in retirement if I purchase an annuity, they can go to rbcinsurance.com slash retirement. And we have, you know, advisor, we have a number there that they can call to speak with an advisor, kind of just talk to them about 
what about their needs and what their current portfolio looks like and if there needs to be any changes. That sounds great. Yeah. Because even if someone's working, let's say, with a fee-for-service financial planner, you know, and then you're considering different options, it makes sense to, okay, let's at least have sort of in the current interest rate environment and all these other factors, let's at least have a number so I know sort of what's on the menu. And then you can work mm-hmm. with your financial planner and say, okay, is this a good fit? Is it not? That kind of a thing. Or if it is, how much should we get? Because a good financial right. planner will be able to run those projections for you as well to see that. So thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing I just wanted to add is that so annuities can only be purchased through a life license advisor. So if you have a fee-for-service broker that's not duly licensed, they may not know, they'll likely know about annuities, but they may not want to speak with it about it because they can't sell it. So it is important that you do speak with a life licensed advisor if annuities is something that you want to consider as part of your plan. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. And then one strategy as well that I've heard recommended in the past, and one that I think can make a lot of sense for some people is to use an annuity to generate that guaranteed income in retirement for your essential living expenses, then doing mm-hmm. something like total market index investing through ETFs, you know, which is what I do, for example, you know, to cover your discretionary spending in retirement. And so this way, if we have a major recession and let's say stocks take a dive, we're not worried about paying for essentials like food and housing mm-hmm. as those are covered by the annuity. And then you yeah, have the markets have a great year, then okay, maybe you take that extra trip, that kind of a thing, because you're still invested in equities for a portion of your portfolio. What are your thoughts on the strategy? And are there any other strategies that you've seen Canadians successfully use to navigate retirement through the use of this guaranteed income that annuities provide? Yeah. And that's a that's a really great point that you bring up. And you know, everyone's retirement is going to look different. But one aspect that will be similar for everyone is that we all have fixed expenses. We have them now, we'll have them in five years, 10 years, we'll have them as long as we live. And as you mentioned, you know, things like food, housing, gas, transportation, utilities, medication, things that you know are going to be there forever. So the strategy here is to use a life annuity to cover your fixed expenses. So really, you never have to worry about not having money to pay for them. Like you mentioned, if markets crash again and your discretionary savings deplete, decline significantly, you would know that you will always have that guaranteed income from your annuity to pay for those essential And I would say most basic needs, right? Those are the things that you need to live. So basically what you would do is an advisor, sit down, calculate what your monthly fixed expenses are going to be or what they are currently in retirement. And then you would purchase an annuity that would provide for that same monthly income. So in my previous example with $100,000, if your monthly expenses were $650, you would purchase an annuity for the $100,000 with $100,000. And it would provide you with that monthly income for life. So you'll receive that for the rest of your life. Once your fixed expenses are covered, of course, you'll want savings to live your retirement to the fullest. And that will look different for everyone, how they want to live retirement. But you mentioned, you know, investments such as ETFs are certainly an option. Other investments to consider mutual funds. You can take income from, if you have a GIC, take income from a GIC. There's other insurance products as well called SEG funds or segregated funds that available as well. And, you know, there isn't really a cookie cutter solution or approach, but based on your own personal circumstance, work with an advisor, make sure that your money is working with you. You know, I always say, don't put the whole old adage of don't put all your eggs in one basket. Annuity should really only form a portion of that. And, you know, you'd have other product solutions to fulfill other needs such as liquidity or growth. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's definitely one of the strategies that, I mean, I've heard it mentioned before, but by mm-hmm. several very reputable financial planners. And I personally, I find it pretty appealing because it's people, if times are tough, we have another 2008 recession type of scenario. People are much more willing to, okay, maybe I won't do that Europe trip this year in retirement, but it becomes a lot more stressful where it's, okay, how am I going to pay my property tax or my utilities? You know what I mean? Those are the kinds of problems yes. you don't want to have when you are you know, older and you, and you don't want to have to go back to work, or maybe you can go back to work. And so I like how that takes away that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I'm really glad too that you mentioned to look at all these different types of products because they all have sort of the pros and cons. And so this way you sort of can adjust what you choose based on your particular situation and your risk tolerance and that kind of a thing. So yeah, that's wonderful. And now I've often heard that annuities aren't typically a fit for younger people because they become more expensive the younger the person is. And in our previous question, you kind of covered that already, how you know the longer the payout has to happen, you know, the smaller amount you're going to get type of thing. Is there a particular age range that you think someone should be before realistically considering an annuity? Yeah, I think that's a million dollar question. When is the best time to buy an annuity? That's number one. The second one is a, how much should I buy one for? And you know, we always say that the best time really depends on each person's personal circumstance, their personal income needs, and really what sources of income they already have. There's no magic age. You can think about it, you know, when you retire, potentially you may want to start considering a paid annuity so that at least you have that guaranteed income coming in. But when I look at industry data and when most Canadians are buying an annuity, on average, they Canadians are purchasing annuities at age 71. So you think that, you know, they would purchase it at age 65 when when they retire or whatever age they retire, but they may have other sources of income that can help them at that time. But age 71 and, and coincidentally or not, it coincides with when you're required to convert your RSPs to a plan that generates an income. So that kind of leads me to believe that Canadians do have other sources of income, but once they turn 71, you know, they may feel more of a need for that guaranteed income that will last. Yeah. And I suspect a good next action for somebody that's really considering one is, I mean, you can speak to someone like your team, for example, and then they'll say, okay, at this age, based on your situation, this is what your monthly income would be. If you waited, let's say five years to do this, here's what it would be. 10 years, here's what it would be. And then I suppose then we as the consumer can decide, okay, at what point does this make sense for me personally? And then hopefully you're working with a good financial planner and they can you know, help you with that. Would that be a good sort of actionable next step for people to take if they are considering one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, sitting down, thinking, like looking at what sources of income you have, because don't forget, we have CPP, we have OAS as well. That's right. To consider. And so just kind of looking at sitting down with an advisor, like you mentioned, looking at all your sources of income, looking at all your savings. And that's the hardest thing. You know, we spend all our lives accumulating our assets for retirement and retirement hits. And it's like, what? You know, what should I draw down on first? What's most tax efficient? And again, there's no secret solutions. It's really what you're know, looking at your personal circumstance and speaking with an advisor to see what works best for you based on what your needs are. For sure. And I find too, what makes it challenging is things are always changing as well, right? Where, okay, this made sense. And then, oh, now interest rates did this. And oh, maybe now you've got to support your elderly parents or maybe. Exactly. Your kids need help again, even though they were out of the nest before. Like, there's all these life events as well, right? So, right, it is hard to hit a moving target and, and just yeah, have it. Okay, yeah. this is the perfect solution. Yeah, <laughs> right, for sure. Right. 
Yeah. Now we've already touched on several pros of annuities. Are there any others that you think are worth mentioning? And can you also take us through some of the cons or negatives where they might not be a good fit for some Canadians? Yeah, I think from a pro or an advantages point of view, there's spoke about already about how annuities can provide the income for life, protects against market fluctuations, but uh, be used to provide a lifetime income for yourself, but also for your spouse. So if you want to make sure that that guaranteed income continues after you pass away, your spouse can also receive that income for life. And just that that would just be by purchasing, instead of purchasing an individual life annuity, you would purchase a joint life annuity. You know, if you want to use your annuity for estate planning purposes, you could also leave an income stream to a beneficiary. I think that the, the main thing here is that it doesn't really require any active management. You invest in the annuity, you kind of set it and forget it, but not forget it, but the monthly income will just, you know, keep rolling into your account. And I think that's one of the main advantages is that it doesn't require any ongoing touch points or Mm -hmm. ongoing decisions or investment decisions. So on the flip side, kind of from objections, what we hear quite a bit, one objection that I hear a lot is that, well, once my money is invested, it's locked away and I can't access it. And that is true of many annuities. But as I mentioned before, you wouldn't generally annuitize your full, all of your savings, right? You would only use a portion of your savings to purchase an annuity. And then you can invest the remainder of your savings in other types of investments that offer liquidity. So basically, when you're purchasing an annuity, you're basically trading off access to capital for guaranteed income for life. And again, would only represent a portion, a portion of your savings. The other one I hear, you know, investing in a low interest rate environment is another objection that I hear a lot. And this goes back to the question that you had, when is the best time to buy an annuity? But, you know, when you think about it, there could be some risk in waiting. If you need a guaranteed level of income now, leaving your savings exposed to market volatility while you're waiting for the, the rates to increase could actually be detrimental. So interest rates may not be as important as you think. Remember, it's only one portion of what makes up the income. So again, you know, I'll mention this throughout is is to speak with an advisor to see when is it really the best time for you. But those are some of the objections that we do here. And definitely, there are reasons why you would want to purchase an annuity, even though there are those challenges, challenges and disadvantages. (laughs) Or considerations. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of the listeners of the show are passive total market index investors where we just buy the same low cost ETFs every month. And you know, full disclosure, I'm definitely very much one of those types of investors as well. So with that said, I noticed that in the realm of investment insurance products, segregated funds come up. And now in the past, I've stayed away from them personally, just because the fees tend to be higher than ETFs, you know, in terms of the MER, and they may include deferred sales charges as well. But I recall that there are some unique elements when it comes to segregated funds, like certain guarantees. Can you speak to these just so that we're more aware of what's out there and how they actually work as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, seg funds are an insurance product. They're essentially mutual funds, but they come with an insurance wrapper. So they provide all of the growth potential of a mutual fund. They have their fund diversification and they have the liquidity of a mutual fund, but they have added unique benefits to help grow, protect, and guarantee your hard-earned savings. So when you think of insurance, you think of life insurance, right? I want to protect my life. I want to protect my loved ones. I'm going to buy life insurance. You think of disability insurance or critical illness insurance. 
And those are things that, you know, if there's something that happens to your health, you want to make sure that you have insurance to help you through that. So when you think of segregated funds, it's like insurance for your money. It protects your money. So they're really ideal for those investors who are concerned about market volatility. And what they're doing is they want to look to protect the principal investment. So let me just give you an example. You invest $100,000 into a seg fund. And when you pass away, the market value of your investment has dropped significantly. And let's just say it's dropped to 75000 So from 100000 to 75000 But because you're invested in a SEG fund, the insurance company will actually top up your investment by $25,000. So your beneficiary will receive the full 100000 even though the you know, market declines are, have now left your, your market value at 75000 So it's really looking to guarantee that initial investment. If markets have increased and you know your market value increases to 125000 of course, your beneficiary will receive that. But what SEG funds does is it really provides protection if in the event of a market decline. So it's a great estate planning tool. It maximizes inheritances. And there's also some other appealing estate benefits as well, or estate planning benefits as well. SEG funds don't pass through your estate. So there is substantial cost savings when it comes to estate taxes, legal fees, and probate fees. And because they don't make up part of your estate, your loved ones will actually receive their inheritance within days. They don't have to wait months or years sometimes when estates get tied up in the courts. So it, it's very fast. They will get their inheritance um, within days. Seg funds can also provide potential creditor protection for those that are self-employed and for small business owners. And the amounts in a seg fund are protected from creditors in the event of bankruptcy. So when you look at like the past two years, and unfortunately, all those small businesses that had to shut down. For those that had SEG funds, luckily, their personal savings in their SEG funds would not have been impacted if they had to claim bankruptcy. So some additional benefits on top of you know, the, the investments, other types of investments that you can get um, out there. But again, as with all investments, you know, speak with an advisor, determine if SEG funds make sense for that individual circumstance. But you know, when you're creating an investment portfolio, there isn't one size that fits all. And as I mentioned before, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to have a well-diversified portfolio. I think that's one of the most important aspects of, an, of a good investment strategy is to have a well-diversified portfolio. That means having diversification across asset classes, but it also means having diversification across product solutions. So when you think about everything that we've talked about today, I think a successful portfolio kind of typically covers three different aspects. One, you know, have solutions in your portfolio that will provide you with a guaranteed income for life. So that we talked about the paid annuities. We want to have include products that will provide protection in the event of a market downturn and things like seg funds that we just talked about. And lastly, you want to have products that will provide some growth because in retirement, you're no longer working. So you want to make your money work for you. But that's when things like like ETFs or mutual funds or stocks can come into play. So really having those three elements and having that product diversification will really help you um, for your, your money to last longer in retirement and really withstand all the ups and downs of the market. Sounds good. No, th- th- I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because when I first started off segregated funds, I was looking at it through the lens of total market you know, ETF index investor. And so right away, you know, my natural impulse after investing for so many years is like, ah, MERs are high. Yeah. <laughs> this like just run the other way type of thing. Yeah. So that's sort of my impulse. But then I got thinking about it. It's like, okay, well, hold on. That's not the whole story. It's not like you're getting 
the exact same thing as like whole market index ETF, but the fees are higher. That's not the full story. You are getting like, okay, you may be paying more in MER, but there's some benefits kind of like, you know, like there's no free lunch. You're getting something in return for that. So it's at least worth considering as a menu item. And then we're again, working with a financial planner to see, okay, you know, there's pros to this, there's cons to this, just like with, you know, ETFs, there's pros and there's cons as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is actually a good fit for my particular situation? So I'm, I'm trying to be a bit wiser these days and not just like, oh, write it off because the MER yeah. seems high. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, hold on, hold on. Maybe, you know, talk to someone that actually knows your situation because maybe it is a good fit for you. And not just mathematically, but I mean, one thing I've experienced recently too is just, you know, different in talking to, you know, parents and family, different ages, people have different temperaments as well. So while one person is okay being 100% equity investor, another one will start getting, you know, heart palpitations when, we, you know, when they see the 30% right. you know, COVID decline that we had not too long ago. Yeah. So I'm really glad your message is not just, hey, you know, we provide segregated funds too. So buy segregated funds. It's more so, look, here's the different options. There's pros and cons to each one. Work with someone that knows your situation, that knows what they're doing, and critically evaluate these for your particular situations. And it's like you said already multiple times, it's not like you're going to say, okay, I'm going to put everything I have into annuities because this is the best thing since sliced bread. It's more so, hold on, that's maybe it makes sense to put a portion in, like we talked about for our essential expenses maybe. But then, yeah, we have some inequities as well because we do want some of that growth. We want it to help us you know, keep up with inflation, that kind of a thing. So I appreciate you really approaching this from a holistic sort of standpoint mm-hmm. and encouraging others to actually seek advice and kind of just evaluate the different options and choosing the one that's right for them. So that's my rant. Yeah. But I was, I yeah, was it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for those listening that want to learn more about annuities or any other areas that we touched on today, are there any free educational resources that you'd recommend for Canadians? Yeah, I would point them to our website, rbcinsurance.com slash retirement. There are articles, there are brochures that you can learn more about the products that we offer, services that we offer. And if they have questions, there is a number that they can call or email to speak with one of our advisors. Awesome. Wonderful, Celine. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. I don't think we've ever covered annuities story like this before. And I really do think it's something that's on a lot of Kenyans' minds just because of what's happening with the interest rates. And we're seeing a lot of volatility in the markets as well. Mm -hmm. And so again, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise with us so that we can actually kind of know what's out there. What are the options available to us Canadians here? You know, Whether we're early in our investing journey or whether we're getting ready for retirement, it doesn't hurt to know these things because maybe some of, one of them is a really, really good fit for us. So thank you again for coming on. It's been wonderful interviewing you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, Celine. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning into the show. A big thanks to Celine for coming on the show and sharing her over two decades of knowledge and experience with us. Also, don't forget to sign up to the Build Wealth Canada email list so that I can send you the free tickets to the next Canadian Financial Summit once they are released. Also, I'm working on updating my guide on the top personal finance and investing tools in Canada. These are all tools that I personally use to manage and optimize my investments and finances. So to get the latest version of that, once it gets released, just sign up anywhere for free over at buildwealthcanada.com. I don't send out a lot of emails, but when I do, it's it's always something valuable (laughs) that I'm sure you'll enjoy. So definitely sign up to get the free tickets, plus get the free guide once it is released. All right, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Please tell your friends and family about the show if you found it helpful and see you next time. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.